Hi, welcome to Daily Bread with Jam, a podcast by the Holy Spirit You Channel. My name is Michelle. We are continuing our discussion, and probably will be for the foreseeable future in some way, shape, or form, on the body of believers, the church, um, those who claim the name of Jesus Christ, pivoting out of a season of cursing into a season of blessing. Um, and if you haven't, uh, if you're not caught up on that, please go back and listen to the, some some of the other segments. But today, I am in Second Peter. Uh, sorry, First Peter, three nine. As you know, I read from the King James. Um, so we're going to get started. I'm going to jump right into this. We're talking about today inheriting the blessing, or being called to inherit the blessing. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Starting now, I'm going to read this. I'm in 1 Peter 3, verse 9. Actually, I'm going to start at verse 8. Now, this is the, this is the scripture that everyone uses to try to, well, not to try to do a good job of it, to insinuate that wives are below husbands. And that's not, I'm not going to have that conversation. That's not my conversation to have. That's not what the Lord has given me. But he's given me the scripture. But I'm letting you know that when you go to read First Peter, that's what you're going to see. Just know that that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm not talking about the husband-wife relationship. I'm not talking about marriage. Unless we're talking about marriage to Christ. The spot becoming the spotless bride that Christ not only deserves, but that he gave himself for. Okay? So I'm going to start in verse 8. But the key verse is verse 9. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. So when you read the part about the marriage, understand that that applies to this, and this principle applies to that. The blessing. Finally, be ye all, ye is you, all of one mind, unity of heart, unity of mind. Mind is soul, mind is spirit. Be ye all of one thought process. Having compassion. Now, compassion is not intellectual. So the term mind here doesn't mean intellect. I'm thinking about it. It means I'm being it. I'm living out of that. Having compassion, one of another or one for another. Love as brethren. Brethren in the spirit, just like we're called sons of God. Son is is positional, not gender-based. Although, in the writing of the scripture, you will see references to gender specifically because of the time in which the documentation took place. That is not to be limiting. So please, if that's how you read, please don't do that. If it is a specific gender reference, accept it as that. But please do not accept it or or interpret it as excluding you. God is not exclusive. He is inclusive. So don't let these kinds of things trip you up if that's what you tend to do. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Okay, he doesn't mean pathetic. 
He means have mercy. That's another term at that time of saying having pity, being mercy, merciful. Compassion means that I understand the plight of humanity because I have my own stuff to deal with. So he's saying you're not pitying them like you're looking down on them. Compassion means that you are being merciful because you have also gone through some element of what they've gone what they're going through the other person be courteous all of these are tied together compassion pity or patience or merciful or mercy be courteous not seeking revenge in the king james it says not rendering or giving evil for evil that's revenge rendering you know we talk about in cooking rendering fat drawing out pulling out, rendering. When something is under pressure, it renders. There's something that is in it that is the pressure brings out of it. Not rendering, giving evil for evil. Not repaying, not seeking revenge. Or railing for railing, insult for insult. <laughs> Knowing that ye, you are thereunto called. So this is what we're called to. The do's, do the do's, don't do the don'ts. That you should inherit a blessing. I'm going to go back and read this, but I want to finish. Uh, I'm going to go back and read what I just wrote to you. But I want to finish these other verses. I'm going to go through 12. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they speak no guile. His being a reference to potentially both gender reference, but not exclusionary. Understand what I mean? His, the way that I see it and the way that I share it and read it and the revelation that Holy Spirit gave me a long time ago was that there is a distinction between deity and humanity. Human. So many references, just like we're sons of God by adoption, it's positional. It doesn't mean that, quote, that daughters are diminished because spiritually speaking, those things don't carry weight the way that they do here. I'm not going to go on that today, into that today, but I wanted to redirect for anyone that might be distracted by that. Redirect. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. That's for all of us. Let him eschew evil, push it away, run away from it, not engage in it, and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Run after it with everything you've got. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. If my people, who are called by my name, would humble themselves and turn, repent from their wicked ways, and run as fast as they can away from them, then I will hear and heal.
That's the theme that we're seeing right here in 1 Peter 3. Finally, this is I'm going back to verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion, one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, pitiful, not pathetic, be pitiful here. Once again, I'm repeating this on purpose. Compassion and the pitiful, the context and the definition being used here has to do with the fact that we understand what the other person is going through, not that we see them as pathetic or less than we are. Be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, seeking revenge, or railing for railing, not cursing other people out just because they curse you out or cursing them out first, but contrarywise, blessing. Contrarywise is what we would say today counterintuitively, right? Because if somebody comes at you, the flesh, the spirit of flesh is going to want to come at them. Oh, no, you, uh, you, don't, you don't know who you're dealing with. But the Lord knows that's why he sent them. He's paying, attention to, he's paying attention to everybody. But in situations like that, he's looking at who's obeying him. He knows what's going on. He knew before he, we got there. But the key in these situations is not, I told them, you don't get away with that with, with, that, with me. I don't know who you think you are. No, the Lord knows everybody in the situation. But if you claim to be one of his, if I claim to be one of his, he's not concerned specifically in the situation with what the other person is doing. I need you to hear me because you, you, if you don't hear, I need you to hear the Lord. Let me put it that way. I need you to hear the words the Lord is saying right now because he's t- talking to all of us. We think that we are justified in certain responses because they did something. But in any given situation, the Lord is telling us what to do. We are the ones that are supposed to line up. We are supposed to be obedient, not well, did you see what they did to me? Well, yeah, you can ask that. Well, why me? Because that's what he said. We are called to blessing. Counter to how people might come at you, you are called to bless. You are called to be a blessing, but also to bless. Because you don't know, we don't know, specifically or generally in many ways, how the Lord will use that blessing to help that other person overcome that tendency and to heal us as well and to bring spirit, soul, and body resources into our lives that help us grow into the vessels he needs us to be to reach a lost world, to reach unbelievers, to win them versus condemning them. We don't know those things. So he says, even though somebody may come at you, you're not to seek revenge. You let me handle that. I need you to do X, Y, Z. He even tells us, contrary-wise, he's telling us, counterintuitively, I already know what you're going to do. That's why I'm putting this in here. Your flesh is going to rise up, and you're going to go toe-to-toe with them or word-for-word with them, and you're going to be operating in a spirit that is not me if you do those things. So when I talk to you, 
about us not having an excuse and not being able to blame. We can't do projection, deflection, unforgiveness, any of those things. It doesn't hold water with the Lord because he's saying, first of all, I already know it's coming. Hopefully not consistently or frequently, but I'm telling you what to do in these situations. That's why we don't have an excuse because he's just. So he knows the thing is happening. He says, here's what I need you to do. And he also tells us by even just having this word placed here. I don't know what version you're reading it in. I'm a King James person because I believe it's closest to what God intended and what he meant for us to read. Not that we shouldn't, not that there isn't a whole other body of work, but the whole other body of work doesn't replace what is actually documented in the scripture. This is what the Lord wanted in there. And he had it written by the hands of humans under the inspiration of Holy Spirit. So he has this word. I say all of that to say, I hope whatever translation you're reading has this word in it. And if it doesn't, that's a problem or some version of this word. Counterintuitively, you are called to blessing, knowing that that's what you're called to, that you would also inherit a blessing. I got to read that part again. I don't know if I'm going to make it the rest of it. If you want to read 10 through 12 again, if I don't get to it, read the whole thing. Read all of it. Read the whole Bible, right? But for today, I'm in 1 Peter 3, specifically verses 8 through 12. Right now, I am at verse 9, which is where I have intended to start or intended to be. But as I said before, the word expands when I start talking about it. Holy Spirit just, and that's how it should be with all of us. When we're talking about the word, he should be moving in us, on us, giving us new revelation of himself so that that's what spills over for others. Not that we're trying to posture and pontificate to be some great. We should all be great knowers of the Lord in the sense that he would allow that. We should study to show ourselves approved. But even in our studying, it is only illuminated and the true meaning of it only comes alive with the power of Holy Spirit. He is the teacher. Doesn't mean we don't listen to other people. Doesn't mean we shouldn't listen, listen to the pastors that are actually teaching, biblically based, teaching by the Spirit. And you should know the difference, whether they're teaching by the Spirit or they're teaching by the Spirit of the flesh. We are to be led and taught of the Holy Spirit. We are to walk according to the Spirit. Why? Finally, verse 8, be ye all of one mind, all of one mind, having compassion one of another. We should be the most loving, compassionate people in the world. The world is us. We are the world. But we're not. Love as brethren. Love as Jonathan and David loved. Because when I say that, you all understand, right? Jonathan and David. And people want to take that relationship and make it something that it's not because we don't understand that level of love. And some of you have it in your own lives. I'm grateful to have it in my own life, with my own sister, with somebody in my family. That sibling, that's why he says, as brothers, 
There's no implication there of anything else, and those of you that do that need to stop. He's, he's saying, brethren, siblings, let's fix the whole gender issue. Siblings, those that are operating in the spirit of God. So two men from two different families, just because they're close, that's the kind of love he's saying they were willing to die for each other. Jonathan knew the spirit his father was operating in. Doesn't mean he didn't love his father. It just means he also saw God operating in and through David. He had a revelation. And they may have been close because the Lord allowed that to happen, that that type of brotherly agape to develop between them because of David's love for his father. So he did see him as a brother. This is what the Lord is saying here to us. Love as brethren. Love as Jonathan and David. Have that level of agape for one another. Be pitiful. So now that adds additional context when the word pitiful is used here. He's not talking about in our snobbish, holier-than-thou ways. He's saying out of that love, out of that agape. Doesn't mean make excuses for bad behavior. It doesn't mean that you're free to do whatever you want to because somebody loves you. It means that that love should temper selfishness and turn it into selflessness. Be courteous. Please, thank you. You're welcome. Excuse me. May I? Can I help you? How are you? You doing okay? Not move. Get. Go. Not rendering evil for evil. Not seeking revenge. Don't let the pressure of a situation cause you to fall into or to back into or to run headlong into the spirit of revenge. Or railing for railing. The term railing, please look it up if you need to, is words. Somebody curses you out. Is your response railing for railing? So he's saying basically eye for eye. Right? But with words. That's what railing is. Oh, they cuss me out. They don't get away with that. I'm a, Right? Then things escalate because no one in the situation is operating according to the Spirit of God. No one is listening. And he already told us. He says, but contrary-wise, I need you to bless. I need you in that situation. I need you to bless. I need you to because you're called to inherit blessing. You're going to inherit blessing because you're going to bless. Tell me the Lord doesn't know what he's doing. Tell me. God in creation, son in manifestation and demonstration, Holy Spirit in transformation. (laughs) 
Every single day somewhere should be Pentecost. Holy Spirit is being filling somebody's. And for those of us that have been filled or have allowed him to come into our lives, whatever that means to you, not your interpretation, however that ha- experience happened for you, that every day should be I decrease so that you can increase. That's why I talk about daily repentance, not for some religious show or something that we have to do out of ritual, but it's because we truly have a desire to be like Christ. And the only way that happens is because we choose that. He gave us free choice. He will not violate it. So he says, no, I need, no you're going to choose me. I already did my part. I gave, I've given, given you everything, in my, everything you need. Why? Because I gave you myself. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. I've given you myself. Everything you need is in me. I've already done it. But you have to make the choice to receive it and to walk in it and to believe it and to trust it. I've already done it. You couldn't do it on your own. We do not understand the redemptive nature, not just the salvific nature, the redemptive nature of the measure of faith that he's given us when we exercise it. Mustard seed. If we just believe basic things, just do basic things, he is able to expand his kingdom through that. He's not going, but he's not going to fight us for it. He will manifest in those places where he is invited and welcomed and treated with honor and dignity. He is the king. He is the Lord. Spirit of grace and truth. Spirit of love and peace. Manifester of holy fruit. Counterintuitively, I need you to bless. It's time because the rendering evil for evil, seeking revenge, even if you have it, just have it in your heart. And many of you who claim to know Christ or claim to be seeking Christ, you have revenge. You have unforgiveness in your hearts because you'd rather have revenge. If you have revenge or any inclination for revenge in your heart, you either need to repent of that or just understand you're not under the blessing. You can't be under the blessing and do and have things in your heart that are contrary to the Lord. He knows when we repent. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. David said, if I go make my bed in heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. We know the scripture, but do we understand that the scripture applies to us and how we live every day? Because there are some days we might feel like, oh, I'm in the highest, highest of the highest places in the Lord. And there are some days, days like if anybody comes at me today, right? There's a saying, and I don't know who originated it. I'm saying it. I'm just repeating it. I'm not trying to take credit for anything. Half hood, half holy. Pray with me. Don't play with me. Right? So some days we're at the top of the prayer mountain. We are on our faces. We are everything the Lord, we know that the Lord is, is, is asking us to do or that Holy Spirit is guiding and compelling us to do in the moment. We're doing it. And other days it's like, mm-mm. Nope. Because if they come at me funny, X, Y, Z. So he already knows. That's why David said that. Regardless of where I am, I know where you are. You're going to be wherever I am. 
we are called to blessing. Blessing is life, cursing is death. So not only do we curse each other, we curse our own lives when we do that. This is, the, this is part of the issue. We don't even understand the spiritual principles. We repeat them, but we don't really understand because there may not be an immediate manifestation of those things. No, your children or your grandchildren might get it, or their children or their children. Think about some of the bondage you might sense in your life that you're in that you don't recall like actively participating in. Like, how did I get into this situation? That's spiritual genealogy. That's coming from something in your spiritual lineage. Which oftentimes will come out of your natural lineage. But we talk about the natural lineage. We like to go, go to websites and find out where we came from. But what are the spiritual implications of your, of your bloodline? Why do we have to be saved? Why did Jesus shed his blood? Because it was the only pure blood that was in the earth. Holy. Uncorrupted. That's the nature that it took, takes for us, the redemptive and salvific nature of God to get us through this thing. We are to be the blessers, not us, That's it. but it's our choice to participate in that, to co-labor with the Lord. Collaborate. Co-laborate. It's our job. That's what we're here for. On earth, in earth, as it is in heaven. We say it. What are we waiting for the Lord to do? Just drop down and drop the kingdom? No, we are, <laughs> we are the world, but to the extent that he's allowed to live through us, we're also the kingdom, or we have a place in the kingdom. Are you seeing this? He doesn't do this. He will do it in spite of us, but he will also use us to the extent we say, yes, we accept the invitation to participate in you bringing your holy, righteous, true kingdom of peace and joy and love to the earth. What are we waiting for? What are we doing? It's, it's team think, or it's, it's a level of unbelief. I have to check it in my own life. That's the only reason I can talk about it. Well, Lord, you said, I don't see that. Right? One day is just a thousand years. Yeah, the day seemed like a thousand years. Right? We go through these things. So this isn't, I'm not talking or speaking out of a place of not knowing. I'm speaking out of a place that's very real, not because I haven't healed from it, a lot of it, but I am still in my process. So there are things I used to do that I may not do anymore, things that I didn't need to do or the things that were necessary for a point in time. There are things that I need to do that I've been healed from, that, I, that what, it was purely spirit of flesh, spirit of carnality operating. There are things that I do because I need to continue to do those things to become what he's called me to be, daily repentance, praying, making sure I'm at least checking to see if I'm leading, being led of the spirit or if I'm being led of my own self. Please don't ask me, how do I know that that's the Lord? I know because I got, I've gotten to a place where I know the difference. Generally, if I, don't want, if I want to do something, it's going to be easy for me to do because that's how the flesh operates. 
even if it's wrong, I try not to do things that are wrong, not to say I've mastered that by any stretch, but I'm checking at least. I'm not talking about mistakes. I try not to do it, intentionally do anything wrong. I, I at least check it. Nobody's talking about perfection, so I don't want to hear from, about that. Nobody's talking about it. I'm not. Let me just put it that way. I'm talking to you about process. We should be growing, which means if there were bad things in our lives, if we're actually growing and intentionally being led and allowing ourselves to be led of the Spirit, there are some things that just plain old we shouldn't be doing anymore. But even that doesn't mean perfection because we don't know what else we need to grow into. We are to, supposed to be the blessers, not the cursor outers, cursing outers. We are greatest at seeking revenge. We are greatest at asking for things out of context. We want the benefit. We want the gifts, not the giver. He told us, he told us all this. Read it in the Bible because you desire the gift over the giver. Tell me it's not true today. It doesn't have to be. But it is true far more often than it should be because he has provided himself. We love to read the scripture. Abraham was told to take his son. You go and sacrifice your son. All of us could feel that. Anyone that's a parent, a caregiver, a relative of any sort that's had a child near them, around them, regardless of the child was related to you by blood or not, everybody felt that. Well, you going to take it? What? The Lord said what? See, but he knew that's what he was supposed to do because he had gotten accustomed. You got to remember, Abram started when his father told him to leave the place he had been all his life. Go and I will show. So he had gotten accustomed because he didn't know what was going on. And a lot of the times, what we need to do is move out of those places of familiarity so we can hear clearer. That's why he told him to leave. He said, if you stay here, you're going to keep listening to your environment, to your family. I have something greater for all of you, but I'm not going to be able to tell you because you're going to, be, you're going to keep getting overridden by your environment, your level of familiarity. There's a spirit there of familiarity that's going to keep you from hearing me in the fullness of the blessing that I have for you. So I need you to go, and I will show. So Abraham basically left not knowing what the heck was going on. He had gotten accustomed to listening. Doesn't mean he didn't still make mistakes. That's part of the process. The Lord knows all things, and from the beginning, the beginning from the end. So for us as humans, it's a mistake. But for God, he already knows those things are coming. We just don't know. But we're supposed to learn and grow from those things. So Abraham, by the time it was time for him to take his son to the altar, Abraham had gotten accustomed to listening to the Lord because he had moved out of the place of comfort and familiarity to a place where he had to trust him. That's why he was willing to go up that hill with his son. And the Lord had already planned the blessing, which was he wasn't going to have to kill his son. I have provided myself. We like to say, oh, and the Lord provided himself. himself You missed the point. He provided himself. That's the key. In every season of humanity, every season of our lives, he has provided himself. And we, he's allowed us to choose. And so we think we're controlling something. 
We are to be the blessers. God is going to bless regardless. The question is, what is the level of participation we have in the blessing based on our individual obedience? What is the level of participation we have in the blessing based on our current level of obedience? That's why this pivot out of cursing into blessing is so significant because behind it, I am convinced, comes a season of restoration and revival, not revival the way we think about revival. I'm talking about move of God revival. Can't be scheduled, can't be rehearsed, can't be planned. Spontaneous revival. Psalms, uh, Psalms says, in Psalms it says, revive us again. I believe that season is behind this pivot. This pivotal season of moving intentionally. He gave us choice. He expects us to use it. He's given us the instruction. Jesus told us himself, I put before you life and death. Therefore, choose life. I put before you blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose blessing. He already told us what to do. That's why our excuses and our foolishness don't stand up in the light of the Lord. He said, I've given you myself. Then I told you about myself. Then I sent myself. Two different forms of me I sent you. And we're still arguing. We're still fighting. We're still looking at each other as the standard when we've never been the standard. We're still setting expectations for each other without doing them ourselves. We should be ashamed. More than that, we should be repentant on our faces, even if we don't know exactly what we did or didn't do. Because that is the intentionality with which we have to approach this. We are to be the blessed oars. He says in Abram, I'm going to bless the whole world. So if that's at, through Abram's lineage, came Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. So the blessing was the, sa- was the salvation of the world. Part of it anyway, manifested in other ways. So anyone thinking that the church is exclusive, that Jesus only meant for certain people to be saved. That's a slap in the face. It, what does it say? You crucify, you, 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 you trample the cross of Christ underfoot. That means you're going to have to bear the weight of your own sin. That's why repentance is important. When we don't repent, that means that what Jesus did doesn't apply to us because we made the choice not to receive it. And he died for he gave his life for all to have life. It's not a political statement. It's a spiritual reality. It's not even a religious statement. It's a spiritual reality for all people. All people. All people. All people. All people. A-L-L, people. So we don't get to, we like to think we do. We don't get to play anymore. 
we don't get to play. There's been a tremendous season of grace. I believe there's a greater season of grace coming, but we have to be obedient, and we have to, by obedient, I don't mean perfect. I mean we have to be willing to individually do our part. It's not brother so-and-so or sister Susie Q that needs to do something. It's you. It's me. Don't go team think. Team building and team playing is great. But generally, if you if you have dysfunctional teams, the other people will think that the person is doing what they're supposed to be doing, and nobody ever communicates anything. So, so nothing gets done. But the Lord has fixed that because he says, when you do your individual part, I'll make sure you're joined in fitly in the appropriate place as a member of my body. I will make sure that happens when you do your individual part, which is to humble yourself and to repent. Turn from your own wicked ways, then I can get to work. We are to be the blessors. When we bless, he says, you will inherit a blessing. That's the principle. When we love, we get love. That's how it works. The agricultural process that we subscribe to, to get food and shelter from trees and all of these other things that are produced by, by, by just agriculture, through ag- agricultural processes, is the principle of God at work. He says, if you want apples, then you've got to sow, p- p- sow apple seeds. We are claiming to know Christ and yet sowing everything but what he said to sow and expecting him to still bless, expecting him to still bring unity out of the chaos and dysfunction we have operated in. He says, do not seek rent or render evil for evil. Or railing for railing. But contrarywise, render a blessing. Counterintuitively to what your nature might tell you, that nature, that carnal flesh nature, that adversarial nature. Blessing. That's what you're supposed to render. That's what I'm supposed to render. Knowing that ye are there unto called. We're called to bless and be a blessing. Only God knows what that takes, and he's provided us the instructions throughout his word. He set us up with it in the Old Testament, and he manifested it in the New. It is still taking place today, but we want to argue about who the Holy Spirit is and who he isn't. And when he was, what, really, he provided himself. That's all you need to know. And then you need to go back and say, okay, how do I, how quickly can I? How many times do I need to repent? Work out your own salvation with fear and, tempt, and, tempt, and trembling. Why does he tell us that? Because he says the demons believe and they tremble. Y'all don't, he's saying y'all don't even tremble. Y'all say you believe, but y'all don't even tremble. That's ego. That's being puffed up like the puffy Cheetos, the, the puffy cheese corn puffs. I don't want to use brand names. I'm not trying to get into all of that. But we are called, called to bless and to be a blessing. Called to bless, let me rephrase, called to bless and inherit a blessing. 
bless and inherit a blessing. Bless to inherit a blessing. Not for the sake of inheriting the blessing, but for the sake of being a blessing. We are not the originators of blessing. We are the vessels of the blessing. We are not the originators of love. We are the vessels for love, unconditional love, brotherly love, agape, sibling love, the greatest kind. We are not the originators of peace, but we are vessels for peace. Time to pivot out of cursing into blessing because that is what we've been called to. I love you, I appreciate you, and I bless you. I'll see you next time on Daily Bread with Jam, a podcast by the Holy Spirit You channel. My name is Michelle. Enjoy your day. Give God praise and thanks always. Let his praise always be on your lips.